Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. See, when, when Abraham answered with Hineni, what God, what, what he was saying to God was, Hineni means something special. He said, Hineni, I present myself to you, Lord. You know, Hineni, here are my feet. Here are my feet. You take my feet. You go. You use my feet. Have me go where you want to go. He nanny. He nanny my heart, Lord. Here's my heart. Uh, I, my heart to feel what you want me to feel. He nanny my hands, Lord. Here's my hands to do what you want me to do. He nanny my head, Lord. Here's my head to think what to, about and about what you want me to think about. He nanny my ears, Lord. Here's my ears to hear what you want me to hear. He nanny my eyes, Lord. Here's my eyes to see what you want me to see. He nanny my mouth, Lord. Here's my mouth. Speak what you want me to say. It's a very powerful expression, he nanny, and it means 100% yielded submission. He is not an act. He is an attitude. It's a life position. So with the he attitude, Abraham moves to sacrifice Isaac, and just before Abraham is ready to plunge the knife into Isaac, he's got it over him, and the angel of the Lord calls to him, in uh, Genesis twenty two eleven, it says, the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Hineni. He said, here am I. So here again, Abraham resolved. Here he is, he's on the path, he's resolved. I'm gonna kill my son, I'm gonna sacrifice my son. He's not thinking about his son at the moment that he's about to sacrifice. He's not depressed, Abraham is not depressed with the thought of walking off that mountain without his son. Abraham is not panicked attack. He doesn't have like tightness in his chest with the terror of seeing his son die. And this is all true because Abraham in the midst of this crisis has his eyes on God and God alone. He's so, Abraham is so fixated on God that even at the point where the knife is raised above his son Isaac and Abraham can still hear God as God calls him Abraham and he responds in the same way. Hineni, I'm just as much Hineni now with my knife over my son as I was before you told me what I had to do. And with that word, hineni, Abraham says to God that I've still got this attitude. I got the attitude of hineni. I mean, his son Isaac's bound on the altar before him, the fire ready to burn him up. His knife is over him, ready to thrust it into him. I mean, if you don't get disturbed by that, something's wrong. And Abraham still responds with hineni. So with that response, Hineni, Abraham says to God, still, 100%, submitted to you. When you call me to sacrifice Isaac, Hineni. Knife over my son, Isaac, to thrust it in, Hineni. And because of that word, Hineni, it is associated with Abraham. It means, Hineni means 
like Abraham, 100% sold out to God. And Abraham was ready to say, Hineni, here am I. Because Abraham said, Hineni, he's my father. Because Abraham said, Hineni, he's your father. Because it says in Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed. Abraham said, Hineni, here am I. He's our father, because he said that. You're a Christian. You're Abraham's seed. You say, Hineni. Abraham said, Hineni. Abraham's your father. Therefore, you say, Hineni. You're a Christian. You're Abraham's seed. You've been a citizen of every country in the world, but because you say, Hineni, you're only a citizen of heaven. You're a Christian. You've been a part of every people in the world, but because you say, Hineni, you're exclusively a part of the people of God. In every generation, followers of Jehovah Jesus have followed Abraham and have said, Hineni, here am I. Isaac did, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Jeremiah, all the great prophets of Israel have said, Hineni, here am I, especially Isaiah. In Isaiah 6, 8, where we read, and also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Hineni, here am I, send me. But in our days, the cry of Hineni has become muted, it's become silenced, come muffled, as Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. When you're a lover of your own self, you don't say Hineni. But followers of Abraham have always said Hineni. And Joseph knew about how great his, his I shouldn't, how great his great-grandfather was. How, 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 he knew about his great-grandfather Abraham and how his Abraham and how his great-grandfather Abraham said Hineni, here am I. So when Jacob calls Joseph in verse 13, Joseph thinks back on uh, about the time when God called him in uh, Genesis 22. And Joseph follows Abraham and says, Hineni. He's not going to say Hineni. No. But Joseph does. The other kids, the other boys, we don't hear them saying Hineni, but Joseph does. And in essence, Joseph was saying to Jacob, I'm following my great-grandfather Abraham, and I say Hineni. And the greatest crier of Hineni was the Lord Jesus Christ. When God the Father spoke of his love for the world and it needed a sacrifice to die for the sins of man, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Hineni, here am I. He's the great, and the great Hineni passages for the Lord are Psalm 40, verse 7. Then said I, lo, that's the word Hineni, lo, I come in the volume of the book, it's written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. See, that was when the Lord Jesus Christ heard the Father ask, Are, will you go? Will you go? And he says, Hine, which is translated, lo, I come. John three sixteen. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That verse is saying that there was a time when God turned to him and turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, you know what, I love the world. I want to give you so that whoever believes into you should not perish, but have everlasting life. Are you willing? And the Lord Jesus Christ responds with, Hineni, here am I. In Philippians 2, 5, where it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the likeness of man, he humbled himself 
and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So when God the Father turns to the Lord Jesus Christ and says, will you be ready to make yourself of no reputation? Will you actually take upon you the form of a servant and be made in the likeness of man? Will you truly humble yourself and become obedient to death, even the death of the cross? The Lord Jesus Christ responds with one word. He named me. Here am I. And the Lord Jesus Christ went through his own personal crisis, his own personal Hineni crisis in the Garden of Gethsemane. When we read in, in Matthew 38, then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. He says, and then he says, and he went a little further, fell on his face, prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. See, he saw the awful cup. He saw the awful cup that is being given to him to drink the cup of the judgment of God for all the sins of the world. And he rises over his own will and he triumphs with this cry of, give me the cup, I'll take the cup, he okay? But it was not only to God, it was not only to God the Father that the Lord Jesus Christ says, he He says it also to man. In Isaiah 65, 1, Isaiah 65, 1, he said, I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, Hineni. That's what he said. Behold me, Hineni. said it twice. Unto a nation that was not called by my name. I spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people. So to the Gentile nations, to the non-Jewish people, the Lord Jesus Christ cries out, Hineni. Here am I. The Gentile people who are called the ends of the earth, where he also says to them in Isaiah 45, 22, look unto me. Saying, be he says, look me, look unto me, and be ye saved, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God and there's none else. But when it says in Isaiah 65, 2, that he stretched out his hands all day long to rebellious people, that's talking about the Jewish people. He's stretching forth his hands all day long to the Jewish people, and what's he saying to them? He it's me. And when we bring the gospel to a Jewish person, we point to him saying, he we obey the command in Isaiah 40, verse 9. Isaiah 40, verse 9. O Zion that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. See, he stands in front of Jerusalem, and he says in essence, Hineni, when he says in Matthew 23, 37, Matthew 23, 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets, stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I gather thy children together as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. And there has been and will be another great time when we will say Hineni. This is a great thought when we think, well, we're going to say, here am I, and that's going to be, yesterday was Muriel Poole's memorial service, and we all sang the song, Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus will sing, shout the victory. You know what that's talking about? When we get to heaven, heaven there, and we're gonna see, we're gonna see her. And you know what she's gonna say? He named me, here I am. <laughs> we're gonna say the same thing. <laughs> all because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's a very special word. And just as the Lord Jesus Christ knew how dangerous it was for him to walk into a hostile world, he said, you killed everybody else that came before me, the prophets and so forth. He knew he was walking into a God-hostile world, and he says, 
And so it was with Joseph. He knew how dangerous it was for him to go to his brothers who hated him. And he heard exactly the mission in verse 13 when he said, I'll send thee unto them. And Joseph responds with a ready, Hineni, I'm ready. So what Joseph said in verse 13 with Hineni was that he had one goal in life, and that goal was to please his father Jacob. And just as the Lord Jesus Christ had one goal in life, and that was to please God the Father. And that should be our one goal in life, is to please God with an attitude of Hineni, which is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. So what we see here is a special love that Jacob and Joseph had for each other. And Joseph expressed his love, his special love for Jacob with this Hineni attitude that Joseph had toward Jacob. And in verse three, we see how Joseph expressed his special love for Joseph. When it says in verse three, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. Joseph made a beautiful coat or a robe for Jacob, I mean to say. Jacob made a beautiful coat or a robe for Joseph, which seems to have been a coat of many pieces of cloths with different colors that were sewed together. It was a long-sleeved kind of robe down to the hands, down to the ankles. I mean, this coat, this was some coat. I mean, what do you think the other brothers thought when they saw that coat? None of them had a coat like that. That was some coat. That reminds me about the time here at the chapel, 1980, when we bought for our son, our middle son, named Joseph. (laughs) We bought him a suit, and it was a light blue suit. And the first Sunday, he wore that suit to the chapel. Boy, it was something. And boy, you should have seen him. Did he think he was special with that light blue suit on and that little tie and that ironed white shirt, you know? And the first Sunday, he wore that suit to the chapel. What do you think happened? All the kids came up to him, and especially his friend Joe Colombo. And Joe Colombo comes up to him and says, boy, Joseph, he says, not many kids have a suit like that. That was it. Joe never wore that suit again. It was over from that point. And just imagine the brothers of Joseph seeing their father, Jacob, make this spectacular coat you know, for Joseph. And then came the day when, when Jacob gives the coat to Joseph. You know, I mean, can't you just see the other brothers on that day and giving the, uh, Jacob's giving the coat to Joseph? And can't you see the other brothers saying to Joseph, you know, boy, Joseph, none of us have a coat like that, you know? And can't you imagine how the other brothers, you know, probably wore these sleeveless, which was common at that time, sleeveless tunics made out of one material that only came to the knees and and just made out of common materials. But here was Joseph, and boy, he had a coat that was unbelievable, went down to the ankles. It was dazzling, made from all these choice materials, beautiful. And can't you imagine how the brothers remembered their father taking all that time with all that work, because the father made it, to sew all those pieces of materials together while their coats were just made from just one piece of material? And their, their coats would be, okay, well, you know, their coats were, okay, here's the cutout for the neck and sew up the sides. There you, there you go. And, but Joseph's coat, all oh, meticulously sewed together. You know, uh, Cheryl always used to talk to me about a special corduroy patch quilt that her grandmother sewed together on the farm in Pennsylvania, in the Pennsylvania Dutch area. And everyone in the family wanted that quilt because they all saw and they remembered how Cheryl's grandmother took the time to make that quilt 
uh, patch quilt, and it was so special, and the other siblings wanted it, but Cheryl's mom got it. And you know what made it so special was just every time you looked at it, you remembered Cheryl's grandmother making it. So there it is. See you, folks? All right, now I just want you to imagine something. Let's see how we're going to do this. Just imagine. I look different from anybody else here this morning. (laughs) What do you think? Walking around here, you know. (laughs) Looks just like you, right? That's the way it was. That's the way it was with Joseph's coat. And uh, anytime Joseph was seen, it brought to mind the time that his father took to make for him. And the message that came through when Joseph wore that coat was that, that Jacob made that coat for him. And he didn't give it to the job of the local tailor, but he made the coat himself. He took all the time to make it. I mean, can't you just picture Jacob and one of his sons coming to him and saying, Dad, what are you doing? You know, and Jacob would say, I'm making a special coat for Joseph. <laughs> and the father, well, why are you spending so much time on making Joseph's coat. It doesn't have to be made with so many pieces. I mean, look at all of our coats, and it takes you so much extra time for you to make it that way. I mean, it's just a coat for common use. Why are you using so so much expensive materials? It's a waste. And Jacob would say, I want to make a special coat for Joseph. i got to keep this up here. So this is a very good object lesson. Here we go. So you look at that, and you think about this. Okay. I want to make it special. And you know what that's like? It's just like the Lord Jesus Christ. He was like Joseph. He was recognized as special when he was anointed with costly oil. And who protested? Judas Iscariot. It's like the brothers of Joseph in Matthew 26, 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having alabaster of a box, a very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. When the disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why are you troubling the woman? She's brought a good work upon me. We can imagine the brothers just protesting to Jacob and saying, Father, why are you putting those long sleeves on Joseph's coat and make it come down to his ankles I mean, just look at our tunics. We don't have that. We, we, he doesn't need a coat like that. Father, just make Joseph a common coat like ours. And Father, look at how much time you're pouring into that. Why don't you give the job to one of your servants to do? Father, it hurts us to see you pour your strength and your attention into making that coat for Joseph. Why are you doing that for Joseph? And Jacob would, would just respond. He would respond, because Joseph is special to me. Joseph has the spirit of Israel, not the spirit of Jacob. Joseph loves God. Joseph loves righteousness. Joseph hates sin. Joseph is following in my footsteps as Israel. Joseph obeys me with a Hineni attitude. Our hearts beat together, Joseph and me. We think alike. He's the only son that I'm one with. Joseph is the only son who's going to carry on my name. The generations of Jacob are Joseph. So son, no amount of time is too much for Joseph. And as I work on this coat, I'm pouring all of myself into Joseph. I make this coat out of many pieces because I want to work long and I want to work hard for Joseph. I use expensive materials because I want Joseph to be clothed with my glory. I put arms and long length on it because I want to have it be so that from a great distance and you're together with them, I can distinguish my son Joseph from all, all the others. 
And in that coat, Joseph is like the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jacob is like God the Father. We see the Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation 1.13. Revelation 1.13, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and gird about the paps with a golden girdle. Just like Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ is distinguished by his garment, which is down to the foot. And just as Jacob set Joseph apart by his garment, so the Lord Jesus Christ has been set apart by his garment. Just as the robe of Joseph had many colors that made him stand out as special, the Lord Jesus Christ stands out as special with his special clothing that's talked about in Psalm 104, Psalm 104, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty, who coverest thyself with light as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. See, what are the colors of the garments of the Lord Jesus Christ? The color of honor, the color of majesty, the color of light. That's the coat of many wonderful colors that the Lord Jesus Christ wears. And how do you know when Joseph among his brothers, just you just look for the one. Look for the one who's clothed there in that robe of many colors. He stands out. And how do you know the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven? Look for the one who's clothed with honor and majesty and light. He stands out. Now, when we look at verse 3, and we see, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his brethren. Actually, it reads, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons. And because he loved Joseph more than all his sons, he made him this coat of many colors. But what made Joseph so special to Jacob? I mean, we saw in the next verse how Joseph brought to Jacob the evil report about his brothers. What Jacob loved about Joseph was that compared to his brothers, Joseph had a unique love for righteousness. And Joseph had a unique hatred for wickedness. That's why Jacob honored Joseph above his brothers with a special coat. That's exactly the case of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a unique love for righteousness. He has a unique hatred of wickedness. And therefore, he's been anointed above all other men, as it says in Psalm 45, 6, Psalm 44, 45, 6. Thy throne, O God, is, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right, right scepter, a scepter of righteousness. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest in wickedness. Therefore, God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. See, as Joseph... The Lord Jesus Christ loves righteousness and hates wickedness. As Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ is honored above all others. As Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ wears special garments. As Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ was happy in the Father's love. Hebrews 7.26. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. As Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ was separate. Sinners, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his greatness. We thank you, Lord, that he has been exalted and he's so special, and we worship him this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back. So join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.